0: Two Thursdays.
1: True and trivial talk.
0: <laughs> Awkward pause. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it, man. True and trivial talk. Thanks for doing it, man. I appreciate yeah. it. We are back from a break. We took our, our Sabbath. That's you know? right. You enjoy it? You know, I kind of missed it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it, but uh, I also missed it a little bit. So. Yeah. And hopefully for you guys and all y'all out there, you were able to finally have a week to catch up on all those episodes you haven't been listening to. No judgment here. Uh, (laughs) So now you're all caught up. So now we're on episode seven. The number of completion in the Bible. Yes, but we're not done. We're not done. We're going to keep going until 12 and 40... And 120, I'm trying to think of all the different
1: biblical numbers. <laughs> <laughs> for a while. We'll keep going for a while. we we'll keep forever. Kind of like right for now. Forever. We're still going. No, still going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well,
0: we have a really, really special thing. We kind of teased this a little bit online. We have an interview with Pastor Steve Washburn. The man, the myth. The legend. The legend. It's all true. It's yes. all true. He is the senior pastor here at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville, and he announced his retirement a week ago. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It's still yeah. kind of sitting in. 30 it's, years. 30 years he That's has incredible. served our church, and yeah. you know, Pflugerville was this tiny little town when we first came here, mm-hmm. and now Pflugerville is one of the fastest growing cities in Texas mm-hmm. in the United States. It's up there. Yeah. Uh, and he has led our church for a very long time through a lot of different stuff. And so you're going to hear a really cool interview from him, uh, from both of us here in just a second. But before we get to so that, like how are
1: we going to get him here? Like, is he going to go right here? Or no,
0: it, we're going to take turns. So I'm, I'm going to interview Pastor C for a little bit. Wait, right so there. you're going
1: to you're going to kick me out of my chair? I'm going
0: you well, to kick you out of your chair. Well, oh, I'm going to kick you out
1: of your chair. Fine,
0: now. take my chair. Why don't you? <laughs> That's we're gonna we're gonna get uh, medieval on each other. All right, yeah. so uh, we are going to kick the interview off in a second. but Before we do, Matt, do you have like a, a story of how Matt met Steve?
1: How Matt met Steve. Yeah. Uh, what was your first impressions of it? Yeah. It? So uh, this was about 10 years ago, and um, I, uh, I, I knew God was calling me to something else uh, from the church I was at previously, and I had talked to uh, Mike, who works here, and uh, had not yet met Pastor. And so we arranged for uh for a meetup uh, halfway between the D F W area and Austin and Was it at a Luby's? It was at a Luby's, <laughs> yes. It's always a Luby's. Uh, I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna take me to dinner. Okay, where where are we gonna go? You know, and he said, uh, well there's a Luby's in Waco, you wanna meet there? And I'm thinking man I've not been to Luby since my grandmother was alive uh, <laughs> so I was like okay oh, sure okay yeah let's go to luby's and uh and that's where we met um Mike and his wife were there Sally was there and then uh pastor and Steve and uh I just remember being uh be, being so impressed with and I'd done a little homework before that meeting where I just found out more about the church and, and videos of him and I just was I was blown away by his his wisdom and his leadership, his uh, you know, just his experience in the corporate world, and um, you know, now that God had called him to to be a pastor, and just to to see all that he had done, and and to get to talk with him, and think, man, I I could get to work with with this guy. He, he worked with Ross Perot back <laughs> right? in the day. <laughs> uh, many of you out there, you may not know Ross Perot. Maybe okay. you do. Maybe you do. Uh, but yeah. It, I was. I, I just remember thinking, I, I, I really, I really like Pastor Steve, and really like Mike, and and um, yeah, I, I, I think I could work with them, and and sure enough, here we are, ten years later, and. And so uh, he couldn't work with me anymore. He yeah, he's he's like, like, I'm he, I'm done. He retired. That yeah. guy's driven me nuts for <laughs> ten
0: years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it really, it was the five years having to work with me. That's yeah. that's really the that's <laughs> so you really drove him away. I did. It's all me. No, all right. Well, so let's talk, talk about you. You know, it's funny that's when, when I had my my job interview too. It was at Lubies. Lubies. Yeah, it's like Lubies was. <laughs> Like, it's sad it doesn't exist anymore, you know? But I feel like they chose Luby's as, like, a test. Like, what will they get? Will they get the Luan platter or they, like, just load up their tray? Like, if they load up the tray, we know they're no good. But if they're, yeah. like, conservative, but they're, like, they're good with their
1: choice. Like, it's a psychological test. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Well, because it, it, with Luby's, it's, it's, in any cafeteria, it's hard because, you know, you just see these things and you're like, that I looks good. That looks good. That looks good. Yeah. And – this podcast is guaranteed to make you hungry every time,
0: just for the record. <laughs> you kind of got off the track. I'm sorry. So, Steve, guess. You know, uh, you know the the time meeting at Luby's, I remember that pretty clearly, too. But that wasn't the first time I really met with Pastor Steve because I, I was between youth ministry jobs where actually I was your underling for a couple months you need some help in the youth ministry and i was between interviewing for other youth ministry jobs and so i helped out with Matt i was the associate youth pastor yes she were, man. you were he did a great job very generous title you gave me <laughs> but, so I, I hung out here for about like 3 months yeah. you know working as much as you would let me and i remember just being very intimidated by pastor steve because i wasn't in on the staff meetings you know because right. i wasn't full time staff and you know I hear these stories of just all the stuff that go on, and you know I would go in for prayer for prayer time on Tuesdays, but just think, man, his office is just so immaculate and so perfect, and he's just this ex-marine. Like ours, I know I ours is a ours. hot mess, you know. <laughs> um, which is on the scale of pastors' offices, ours is somewhere in the middle, so yeah. I don't feel too bad. <laughs> anyway, not naming any names. No, I um, even gonna cough it under my breath. I'm gonna restrain no, my son. Don't. No, we love all the guys we work with. Yeah. Anyway, and but I just remember being really intimidated by him. And in fact, when I wanted to actually meet with him, I felt like I couldn't just ever drop in I'd actually have to talk to a secretary and schedule time with him. And which it was kind of a good thing from to do, but now I don't do that at all. Of right. course. Yeah. You know, <laughs> five years, <laughs> but uh, I just remember being a little intimidated enough to have to do that. Like, I, uh, does he have a three p.m. slot? Anyway. So, well, without any further ado. You're kicking me out. I'm kicking you out, dude. We're going to snap our fingers and you're going to be gone. Well, we
1: hope you guys enjoy this. So this is like some questions that we have, but it's also questions that you have submitted. Yep. And so um, you're going to get to hear your question and your name. All right. In about
0: three seconds, I'm going to snap my fingers and Matt's going to disappear. And in his place, a very handsome 70-year-old Steve Washburn is going to take his place. So here we go. One, two, three. All right. Well, we are here with Pastor Steve, Dr. Steve Washburn, doing the exclusive interview. Pastor,
2: how are you feeling today? I'm yeah, feeling good. A little bit nervous sitting across from you, not knowing what you're going <laughs> to... You're ask me the definition of a prime number or something like that.
0: I uh, won't spring any math questions on you. You know, last time we did a, a challenge with Matt and I had to see who got to pray, and we did like math questions, and he asked me like, what, 16 plus 9? And I failed immediately. So I he, saw that.
2: I saw that. <laughs> oh I thought I was going
0: to do well on it How too. embarrassing. It was pretty embarrassing. Well, before we get to the serious questions, we are going to ask Pastor Steve some lightning four questions. It's one of our favorite things to do and kind of eases us into this a little bit. So, Pastor Steve... You ready for some lightning questions? I I guess so. You ready for lightning the strike thrice? This is our third time to do this. Okay. All right, here we go. You ready? Yep. These are softball questions, it's kind of like what's your favorite milkshake flavor, kind of questions. Okay. So is, it, <laughs> is that a question or are you? Or no, just it's, it's not. Uh, well, we could do that first. So what's your favorite milkshake? Chocolate. Flavor? Chocolate. All right. Good. That, chocolate's pretty good. I won't sneeze at that. What's your favorite burger? Favorite burger? Anything from Freddy's. Anything from Freddy's. Freddy's is pretty good. Yeah. You know they got those real thin patties. Double burger. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, you got to go double.
0: Bread. Double yeah. meat for sure. Favorite movie? Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that is that is an excellent yeah, one. That's awesome. I remember being in high school when they came out, and it just rocked all of our worlds yeah. because the mean, opening
2: scene was just uh, oh my gosh.
0: It was it was intense, yeah. really intense, and and realistic. Very, very and that's what was super impactful for someone like me. having no idea what real war is like. Seeing that, and going, wow, everything up until now has been very romanticized. This is gritty stuff. Mm. So, okay, excellent movie. Favorite Marvel movie?
2: I have no. They're clue. all kind of the same. I have no clue. <laughs> that's <was laughs> a surprise. Assuming that I go see Marvel movies, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, that's a
0: big assumption. All right. So we did Best Burger. Uh, favorite musician or band?
2: CCR, Crazy Clearwater Revival. Okay. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah. It, it, it ages me, marks me, but
0: just, just a little bit. It marks you too. <laughs> you do? It does come like,
2: oh, yeah, I've heard the name, but I can't name a single song.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm very, my music education is limited. Yeah. Let's been, put it that way.
2: You've been dwarfed.
0: <laughs> this is true. All right. Most influential book, not counting the Bible.
2: Um,.
0: And commentaries don't count I, either. I don't have
2: enough faith to be an atheist. Norman Geisler. Very I good I don't have apologist. faith to
0: be an atheist. That sounds like really – I'm sure it's apologetic in nature.
2: Yeah, yeah he's an apologist and, and a good one. A I good
0: haven't book. read it. So now I want to go read this. Yeah, it's a good book. Uh, I can check that out from the uh, Washburn Library. Is that yeah. one? Yeah? yeah. Yeah, you can. All right, cool. I definitely will uh, have to do that. Normally, if it's not on my phone or a Kindle, I, I rarely read anything. So an actual physical book to read, I never thought I'd be that person. But I am that person now. So <laughs> – all right, least favorite food. Liver. I am in 100%
2: agreement with you on this. <laughs> that It shouldn't be food. It should it, be shoe I,
0: You know, thank you for saying yeah, that. I need someone to affirm my, my hatred for liver. See, I was raised by British people, and they love their fried liver. Yeah. And they when they would have that in the kitchen at the dormitory where I grew up, it just stunk up the whole school. It, if it you have liver wretched. and
2: onions, it ruins the onions. you got to throw the whole thing out. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, I'm glad that uh, great minds think alike about liver. So, <laughs> all right, last question I got for you for the lightning round. What is your dream vacation?
2: I've been on my dream vacation. Well, in well, the middle of the hottest part of summer in Central Texas, we went on an Alaskan cruise. A 7-day oh, Alaskan cruise. It was just that awesome it was just wonderful.
0: Alaskan cruise. What was your highlight from the trip?
2: You know, we, we let, it was the summer a few years ago when it seemed like Texas was on fire. Bastrop mm-hmm. was burning, and we, we went with the Hankins, with the John and yeah. Hankins. And uh, so, you know, we we left port, and the next morning, I got up early, I always get up early, and went out on deck. It, it was like we were in Europe, mm. you know, a mountain with little, little homes kind of tucked away in the mountainside there, a little village. And, yeah. oh, my stars, I thought we'd gone to Switzerland.
0: That is cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Well, lucky for you. Uh, I've never been on a cruise, but maybe one day we will, we'll, we'll try that out. All right. Well, that concludes our lightning round questions for Pastor Steve. We have some serious questions for you, Okay. and uh, we're going to pick your brain a little bit on that. And the first question I wanted to ask you is, what do you think has contributed to you being able to serve here for 30 years? And the average term for a pastor is just a couple of years.
2: Yeah, I don't know if the, I don't know if the average term for a pastor is still a couple of years. It was at mm. one time. It seems to me. I think it's like
0: two point four. Uh,
2: that pastors may be staying longer now because we were being hit so hard for that. Yeah, but but I will say that. Um, first of all, no other church wanted me. No, that's not true. <laughs> but but for thirty years, it seems like it's been a, a long string of projects. Mm. One project after another. Fundraising campaign followed by another fundraising campaign followed by a building campaign. You know, one project after another. And I always felt like if I leave now, and Linda, Linda uh, goads me about this, <laughs> you know, there was never a good time for me to leave. Because if I left in the middle of a project, I, I always felt like it, I would be uh, failing the church and and, uh, and torpedoing that project. So it's hmm. been almost 30 years of, of projects. and.
0: The projects never end, do they? No, they never end. If it's a building or if it's something else or a campaign or a new ministry getting started, there's always a new project.
2: Yeah. That's the way it always was.
0: Very cool. Well, um, I guess sort of follow-up to that question is, are there some habits or mindsets that you had that you think helped you sort of have a marathon approach to ministry and not so much for a sprint approach?
2: Well you know I, in my mind I, I always insisted that god be in it mm. um i you know those of you who know me know that i had a previous career in the corporate world and uh ambition dominated everything mm. uh all the all the uh, and i was always around people my age so all the young men all the young women were very ambitious
0: this is in the 80s right
2: um yeah Seventies. Okay. Seventies. <laughs> uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and I thought, you know, when I came into the ministry, I thought I'm leaving all that behind. No more. I'm not going to be dominated by ambition hmm. anymore. But I got in the ministry, and I found out, you know, many pastors are very ambitious. And yeah. they, they kind of use churches as stepping stones to hmm. – they always wanted to be in the big, big church. And my, my mantra has always been, if you want a big church, grow it. Mm. Uh, grow the one you're in to be a big church. So yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to um, feel like I was still back in the corporate world. And I, th- I don't think God's in that anyway.
0: It's really cool that you had that background, that contrast, yeah. wealth of information to help you run a church differently and maybe even more effectively uh, than some people who've been in ministry or seminary their whole lives. It kind of insulates you a little bit um, from other people's experiences outside of ministry. I know that I was a better youth pastor or pastor, because I'd been in the teaching world for five years. Sure, sure. And I learned so much in that world that I never would have learned if I'd just stayed in Bible school and gone straight into ministry right. uh, and stuck with that. So that's uh, that's something very unique about you, and I think it's definitely benefited our church over the years. All right, so speaking of, of buildings and projects, what has been the most difficult building project, the MPB or the worship center? The multi purpose building or the worship center? Well,
2: you know, they were different. Yeah. And and the worship center right now is the third building that I've mm-hmm. that I've built. I built a building before we got here. And that was in Collinsville, in right? Collinsville. Yeah. So, you know, the uh, honest answer to that is the last building. every building whenever you're building, the last new build is always the most difficult. That's the one
0: that's most fresh in your memory. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. The uh, the MPB was unusual because we kinda built that on the fly. And by the way, <laughs> you, you can't you can't mention uh, the buildings we've built, without mentioning uh, John Hankins. John yeah. Hankins, even before I got here, the building, the buildings that we, ha- in fact, all the buildings that we have, yeah. except where the office mm-hmm. is, he was the uh, uh, building committee chairman. Yeah. So if they ever rename the facility, it's going to have to be the John Hankins Memorial Facility. He 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 built every one of them. That'd be fair. Yeah, it would. That'd be totally true. fair. But the uh, the MPB we almost built on the fly. The architect. Uh, <laughs> The arch- really. The architect uh, designed the building. Okay. After another building that we liked. Wow. And then he kind of left the drawings with us, and let we didn't we didn't see him anymore. And so <laughs> John just, John was kind of the uh, project manager. Oh my word. And uh, and so you know I got involved in, in the big decisions, and the major decisions, but John was over wow. there every day, and uh, it, it really was. I was talking with uh, Daniel Reclu about this the mm-hmm. other day. Uh, we want that wall to go back. No, we can't do that. John would give them a couple hundred dollars and they move. They <laughs> Increase the wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's they, so funny. They move the wall back. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, we want that wall painted white, not, not uh natural wood. No, we can't do that. You know, paint here, uh, paint it white. So, uh, really the building went up, mm. uh, kind of an everyday wow. on the fly. And, uh, by the time the building, the MPB was built, the architect was up living in Minnesota somewhere.
0: Oh, my word. Minnesota. But
2: now, but now the worship center that we're in, that mm-hmm. wasn't the case. The architect built that and he was involved from the very beginning. Uh, you know, we had to fire a couple of the men that were on the project in the MPB. We almost fired the architect in the, in the worship center, too. Yeah. Because that was going to be his. Uh, his legacy. Mm. And we couldn't keep him in price. So we had to have a couple of uh, gotcha. heart-to-heart conversations with him. And
0: so it comes to Jesus moments?
2: Yeah. I mean, it was good that my corporate background was there because I was able to pull the corporate background out and scare the scare the daylights out of him a few times to keep him on task. <laughs> I
0: remember you telling me some of these stories about you and Hankins mm. and going into these meetings. And you, you kind of warned Hankins, listen, you know me as Mr. Nice Guy Pastor, but when we go in this room... Yeah, it's going to get hairy. Yeah. The,
2: the corporate Steve <laughs> Warsman comes out, and uh, he he'd be kind of speechless sometimes as he, as you saw me switching hats from mm. from pastor to uh, uh, you know you know corporate guy.
0: Hey, stuff. you got to do what you got to do to yeah. to help out your flock, and uh, sometimes that means wearing a hard hat, and sometimes it means uh, wearing a corporate hat, and sometimes it means. Karen Shepherd's we great. were a good team, though.
2: John and I were good team. Oh, yeah. You guys were the dynamic
0: team. duo, and uh, we miss them a lot. Yeah. That's for sure. You know, I actually learned a lot from these stories you've shared with me uh, about these building projects. You know, little things like I didn't know that churches were allowed to have baptisms on a second floor without an elevator. That's like a weird code that churches yeah, are allowed to have a baptism. We
2: kind of slid past that.
0: Like you yeah. you can have a second floor in a church building if it has a, a baptism, then you don't have to have an elevator. Yeah. I'm thinking, man, we should just – elevators are expensive. Just put baptisms on every second floor and you can kind of get away with it. We
2: kind (laughs) of split past that. You talk about the difficulty. Uh, The first drawing of the worship center uh, was uh, denied or disapproved by the city. That's right. Yeah. It was very contemporary, wasn't it? it? Oh, yeah. It It looked like – Like convention center type uh, feel? Kind of looked like the SS Enterprise, you know. (laughs) Uh, so, that you know, it was rejected, and we had to come back. and. As we, a
0: Trekkie fan, I, I'm i a little disappointed it didn't
2: go that way. Now we just got the drawing. You can see what I mean. I, I've seen it. It's pretty yeah. cool looking. And then uh, keeping it in cost was always a mm-hmm. very difficult thing to do. So the worship center, because of the size of it, because of the architect, was a very difficult project. No doubt. All right. Well,
0: let's uh, move on to the next question. You're kind of a rebel, all right? Uh, oh. gotta get this reputation in a good way. Uh, what's the most contrarian thing— contrarian thing you have felt convicted to do while serving as a pastor. Most contrarian thing you've done that was sort of against the grain of maybe the, the norms of doing ministry or the norms of the convention of doing things.
2: Um, well, I've, you know, I think unlike uh, many of my pastor friends, and I'm friends with all the pastors in the world. Well, oh, Yeah. Um, I've always had etched in my mind the picture of Jesus going into the temple with a whip, <laughs> uh, you know, and separating these guys in the temple from their money. That's mm-hmm. that's he's, He had to have had a pretty lion-like look in his face and spirit in his bosom. Um, you know, at, at one time, one of the big Pflugerville names, the Pflugerville was built by some, some families, and right. this is one of the age-old families in Pflugerville. They were going to build a racetrack. That's, I remember that. remember that. I
0: don't remember being here for that, but I remember some stories about it, It yeah. was going
2: to be out there where the impact uh, – community impact building is now. That's what it was going to be on the corner of Pecan uh, oh, wow. uh, and uh, uh, 130 is where it was Really? I
0: thought it was going to be on the east side of the road, kind of where the hospital is now. No. It was on the, the west side of 130.
2: As I understand, it was going to be on the west wow. side. Wow. But you – know, and it was going to be uh, only the second one in Texas. Yeah. The other one is up somewhere in the Metroplex. So it was going to be huge. And had a large number of uh, slot machines. Mm. Well, I, I just part of my experience is that I've worked with many um, people uh, who were compulsive gamblers, mm. who whose marriages were destroyed and families were destroyed by this. And so we we kind of um, we kind of got wind of that. Hmm. They were trying to sneak it by. We got wind of it, and uh, you know I kind of led a group all the way up to the gambling commission in Austin, hmm. and we got that uh, stopped which was a big deal. The other pastors, for the most part, were too nervous to go along with me, so we stood out there alone.
0: Well, good for you because I live out that way and I didn't have to drive past, past yeah. that. Now we got to drive past an Amazon headquarters. Which L- is far better than a race track. I completely agree. It brings in a lot of jobs, good jobs. Far
2: better than a race No track. doubt. And, and, you know, there are others. I got that reputation because, um, you know, I've stood uh, against many things at, yeah. uh, at one point. Uh, and this was probably not long before you got here. Um, the school was offering medical benefits to uh, gay partners. Yeah. And we took a stand against that. Of course, that was before the Supreme Court uh, yeah. legitimized and legalized gay marriage. But that, that was a pretty
0: big deal that they were doing that. It was definitely before a lot of the movement to normalize It would have been the first one in Texas. It would have
2: been the first one in Texas. So we stood against that. Even that before Austin? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and
0: Austin fun. is the blueberry and the tomato soup here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. we're close. We're on the fringe of that. You know, Pflugerville <laughs> likes to copy Austin. For those of you who don't live in the Austin area, uh, Austin is more liberal than the rest of Texas, and Pflugerville likes to kind of copy that. It is. Uh, so yeah, it is. Well, well, we're it. It takes a lot of guts to take stands on these things, and um, we've appreciated your leadership through the years. And being willing to get into the community and fight for things that matter, and uh, it takes a, a bit of a rebel to do that. So, <laughs> a good rebel, right? Uh, all right, let's move on to our next question. What texts in the Bible or books, somehow, do you enjoy teaching from the most? There's some, there some passages that you really. You know, it's are...
2: kind of like asking, "Which of my grandchildren do I love the most?" That's... <laughs> um... Or what kind of text are you drawn to the most? Yeah, I, the the best. The best way for me to preach, and I don't know if it's this way for all pastors or not, but the best way for me to preach is to preach through a a book, a New New Testament book, Hmm. because uh, I'm I'm forced to uh, give attention to texts and passages Hmm. that I might otherwise avoid. That's true. Um, And it's good for me to give attention to those, and it's good for the congregation, because they've probably not heard much teaching on those passages either.
0: It's easy to sort of highlight the ones that are easy to teach on.
2: yeah yeah the one you know they're looking for sermons with a lot of amens in it and you don't get a lot of amens uh when you when you're preaching some of these difficult uh passages so that's my favorite way to preach well having you know some of
0: you know this about me but I didn't always grow up in a Baptist church I grew up in Bible churches and that's very much a, a bible yeah. church sort of way. you pick a Bible and you, you have a book in the Bible and you stick with you it, it till you're it. done you yeah. know
2: <laughs> Calvary Chapel here in Austin uh, in of the whole bible, Is they? my good friend and and they teach from cover to cover. Verse after verse after verse
0: after verse. That is chronological, expository preaching really at its – out there. That's cool. Well, uh, it's always good to mix it up, and I always appreciate that you mix up your – you go between topical sermons sometimes. You kind of pick and choose stuff. Uh, where it's necessary, and then you'll choose a book once in a while to mix it up. You don't just do either war, which I think is really helpful. Sometimes yeah. we need. a I, I more try to get good topical
2: series going for you guys that follow me. I want to make sure it's a good, easy path for you guys to follow. Because I... hey, we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I always find myself drawn to narrative passages because yeah, I feel that's... like if you can tell a good story, yeah. then you can kind of pull up the principles from there. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes harder to teach from something like the Apostle Paul, who's already kind of laid out his sermon, mm-hmm. and you're preaching on his sermon. Um, And sometimes Apostle Paul gets (laughs) long-winded. All right. Well, very cool. The last question I have for you before we turn this over to Matt is this. What piece of advice would you give 20-something-year-olds going into the ministry for the first time?
2: Well, that's difficult for me because I'm – I didn't come into the ministry at 20. I came into the ministry at 30. I had a lot of life experience before. So I- don't go into the ministry until you're 30. Well, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm not saying I've got a grandson who's right, you know, right that age going into the ministry. But uh, I think uh, I, the advice I would give is at that age they kind of feel like, and let me say this, um, if they're going to be preachers, if God has called them mm-hmm. to be preachers, prophets, yeah. uh, according to the New Testament, they kind of are beginning to recognize that they're hearing a word from God. Mm. When they stand to preach, they're recognizing, wow, God gave me that word, and it was good for these people, and I'm hearing now a word from God. And that's true, and it's mm. it's important for at age for them at age 20 to realize, yeah, you are speaking, thus saith the Lord. Mm. But what they have to be careful of is in their relative immaturity at age 20, uh, they have to be careful to think they're the only ones hearing a word from God. mm and so what I would say to a 20-year-old, what I've said to my grandson, is always remember there are a lot of young men who've gone before you Yeah. Uh, who are very smart mm. and very insightful and very sensitive. Uh, these young men have been men of prayer, yeah. and they've walked this path before you. Mm. So don't fall into the incorrect mode of believing you're the first and you're the only. Your job coming into this ministry at 20 is to receive the baton from the runner in front of you Mm. and run your lap. You run your lap as best you can. In Mm. fact, you run your lap and try as best you run your lap as well as some of these guys before you. And then when you reach your retirement age, you hand the baton off to another 20-year-old behind you and get out of the way.
0: Pass the torch. Don't get burned.
2: That's right. That's right.
0: Well, Pastor Steve, that is some good advice for all of us to hear, and it's pretty particularly poignant for us as you're stepping down and retiring and kind of handing the reins off to us who are left here. You're not and 20 though. I'm not 20. I'm not going to pretend to be 20. I haven't been 20 for a long time. So <laughs> and Matt definitely hasn't been 20 for a long time. I'll have to make fun of him. But uh, we thank you so much for your wisdom. You're very welcome. And I'm going to turn this over to Matt and we're going to have a five second interlude, dance break, get some coffee, and we're going to go to Matt here in a second for the rest of the
1: We are back here with Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve, I get to sit in this chair. Usually I sit in your chair, but you're there, and I'm here, and it's warm. Can Thanks, <laughs> Daniel, for leaving it nice and toasty. All right. Yours was kind of cold when I sat down at so I'm I sorry. <laughs> I apologize for that. All right, did he wear you out? No, no. No, you're good? Yeah, I'm good. You're still good for a few more questions? I'm okay good for a few more questions. Uh, hopefully, you guys out there are good for a few more questions. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to give you some Facebook questions that have been left by our members. And, okay. uh let you answer those so, that's a little scary yeah well they're pretty they're pretty easy I think I think you'll do great um this question is from Stephanie Fletcher Stephanie wants to know will you still be on the boards that you're a member of uh actually several questions so um you, you can answer that question the, the next one is will you do more or less like with Liberty I so, um, you you've you a lot. Of, you've been on a lot of different boards, yeah. uh, Southern Baptist Convention, uh, the Criswell Seminary. Um, so yeah, tell so, us. Uh, w- will you still be on any of those boards, or are you done? No,
2: no. I, I think I'm done. Okay. I, I think um, it's not that I couldn't. I still have a lot of fire left in me. Uh, but I, you know, I don't think it's appropriate mm-hmm. uh, to retire and stay on those uh, w- with those responsibilities. So mm-hmm. I've already, I've already called. And a talk with them, and uh, you know. In fact, a couple weeks ago, I said I'm going to be retiring, uh, making the announcement on the 11th, and then the 25th will be my last Sunday, and and uh, you know, and and, and retired uh, mm-hmm. from those uh, from those boards. The one, the one I've been on the most it's consecutive was I was on the uh, board of Criswell College mm-hmm. for quite a long time, a bit of a rebel in that. <laughs> in that too, but yeah. then, but then uh, I finally uh, rotated off that after a couple of tours, and then joined the Criswell Foundation uh, board and was on that for a while too. But I've called and uh, retired from that. Um, you broke up with them. I broke up with them, <laughs> and uh, you know what? When I, it's interesting when I was uh, when I joined some of these boards. I may not have been the youngest, but I was almost the youngest. But what's sobering is to look around and say, you know, I'm about the oldest guy on this board now. <laughs> on this board now. Yes. And I think that's good. I think that's the member of those boards should be young, vital uh, pastors who are really engaged in the culture. And I, I had kind of uh, gone beyond, beyond that. So Stephanie I uh, pretty much uh, retired from all those responsibilities also. I was asked to serve on a committee in the upcoming, soon upcoming in November, the uh, uh, Southern Baptist of Texas Convention and I. I turned those down and turned those over to guys as young as these to take those.
1: As young as these, like
2: <laughs> You're, a <young> guy. <laughs> You're a young
1: guy. Um okay, so the next part of that question is so with the free time you have, do you have a hobby? And if so, what is it? And what do you plan to do to fill your time now that you have some more?
2: Um you know, my hobby is Linda. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a golfer. I'm going to have to learn how to go. I, I golfed one time, but I got obsessive about it and, uh, and haven't golfed uh, since then. So I'm going to have to learn some hobbies. But I still just enjoy being with my wife. We work in our backyard. Our backyard uh, looks like a garden. She's the architect, and I'm the, I'm the laborer. Of course, here lately with my heart surgery, she's been the architect and the laborer. So I'm good to get, I'm glad mm-hmm. to get back out there and work with her uh, in our, our yard. Well, club. that
1: that actually is a question that I was going to ask you a little bit later, but since we're on the subject, um, so what is your favorite thing to do with Linda for fun?
2: Is that did yeah. you share it? Well, you know, there's there's that, but you know, one of the things we do in the evening, uh, quite two three times a week, is we'll we'll either go to Freddy's and get some burgers, mm-hmm. or sometimes we'll go to Chick fil A, uh, or, or sometimes we'll go to Dairy Queen and get blizzards, which we we love. Yep. But just about dusk, we'll go get those. And then we'll go sit in a parking lot under a shade tree, kind of facing uh, the traffic. And uh, we have XM in our car, XM radio. Mm -hmm. And and we we find radio classics. And Uh and these are classics, you know, that were recorded in the 40s. Mm -hmm. And we'll listen to, uh, you know, Gunsmoke. <laughs> or the Whistler, yeah, yeah, uh, and you know we'll listen to that radio program and and eat and talk. Who's that? Did you catch that? I didn't get. You know, so we'll sit there and we leave our cell phones at home. Cell phones at home as best we can, and uh, we'll spend oh gosh an hour uh, in the evening just the two of us. That is really cool. Yeah, listening to old radio classics and eating our supper or uh, or a blizzard there in a parking lot together.
1: I've always admired your relationship with your wife. I've yeah. always it's just always been something that's been an inspiration to me and, and to my wife, and I know many of our church family would say the same thing. Just well, you gotta know, we couldn't do that when the boys were home. We had to wait. <laughs> right, of course, <laughs> an empty yeah. nester, you can't leave your
2: three kids at home and go out and yeah. And, uh, but it's uh,
1: it, it's just clear that you guys love each other, and yeah, we do. you've been through so much together.
2: We're good friends. We've enjoyed uh, we've enjoyed f- almost fifty one years now. Maybe that's amazing. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, Next question is from Brian. Brian asks, what are some of your most memorable moments as pastor of our little quote-unquote family?
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, You know, I mentioned uh, in my sermon Sunday when we went to – we called it our tri-schedule. Right. When we got to – when we had three worship services Mm -hmm. in the morning and three fully graded Sunday schools, Uh, you know, putting that schedule together – so that people can't cheat. Sometimes they want to go, uh, you know, they want to go to, I don't know, worship and put their kids in Sunday school mm-hmm. and just spend an hour there and go home. So we had to stagger those things and arrange those things so that no, if you're going to go to this worship service, you have to go to that Sunday school. Uh, so we kind of managed it that way, and that went on for. We were talking this morning. By the way, Daniel Reclue came as our worship leader, and his first Sunday was our first Sunday in the tri-schedule. Mm. So, wow. that was a sobering awakening for him. <laughs> I
1: too. bet it was. So
2: we were in that tri-schedule for two years before we started work on the MPB. So it was a total of three years in that tri-schedule. And we were the only, only the uh, second one in in uh, Texas that I that I know of. Um, I knew of one, where was the Where was the other one? The other one was in, uh, I don't know. But I went I went there and watched him preach his third sermon, and asked him uh, what it was like. I think it was Bubba Stalls was the pastor, and he said, "Well, you don't want to do this very long." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was that was a high point. That was a, a big deal. Of course, the building of the buildings was a big deal. The fundraising campaigns, being able to pay for the multi-purpose building in five years, we totally paid that yeah. off in five years. So, gosh, in in thirty years, there's just a lot of a lot of high points. Yeah, and every time we won one of those—I hate to call them battles—but every time we won uh, one of those uh, contests in the community where we defeated the uh, racetrack or um, you know stood against the uh, school board uh, against the uh, extending medical benefits. Every time we did one of those, it was it was kind of a A good Hallelujah time, a good family time in the Mm -hmm. church where we've we've done this. We've we with Lord's help we've we've done this. So just a lot a lot of different things. Sure, sure. That's good. That's good. The next question is from Jerry.
1: Uh, Jerry Jern asks, "Will you still attend FBCP, (laughs) and uh, if not regularly, but occasionally?" And uh, she said, "She says we love you. You're our family." So is that Jerry Jern? Jerry, Jerry, did you ask that question? Jerry asked that question. Yeah.
2: Uh no, you're uh, breaking up with us too. Yeah, you know we have to. <laughs> I know for a while right. we can't we can't hang around. That wouldn't uh, be healthy for the church at all. Yeah, uh, probably um, the best the best thing for us to do for the church would be to move so that we, we just wouldn't be accessible where people couldn't call me or email me and ask me if you know what I would do in the situation that situation. But, uh, you know, we've been in our home for 27 years, sure. and that's our home. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we're going to stay here, and we hope we can do that without causing a ruckus in the church. We're going to stay in our house, stay in our home, stay in Uh, But, no, we can't We can't attend this church, not for, you know, a number of years. That wouldn't be – you know, for another thing, it wouldn't be helpful to the pastor, Right. the new pastor coming in. I want to make it – I want to be his biggest supporter. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah, I, I imagine that would be – Difficult, difficult for him and difficult for you. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: I want to make his his role here as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. I really do.
1: Well, that actually answers the next question uh, from Angie. Uh, Angie Ostrander asked, "Are you moving?
2: You're not moving. No, nope. you're here. It's good." Um, By the way, uh, people are asking me. People are really grieving. Over this, well, and so sure. you know, and so what I'm telling them, and I think I've told you guys this too. I'm not dying; <laughs> I'm just retiring.
1: <laughs> well, okay, but did did you did you expect that? Well, I mean, I, I'm sure you probably expected a little bit, but has it been um, has it been moving to you just to see the the impact that you've made on people?
2: Sure, yeah, sure. You know, you can many of the people who are here, uh, you know. I'm the only pastor they've they've of course. Ha- had in this church, um, and you know you take people who have been here the whole time. You mm-hmm. subtract thirty years from their age; mm-hmm. some of them were just tiny. Uh, many of them were born mm-hmm. um, after I got here, and so I'm the only pastor uh, they know. So, uh, sure, I-, I knew it was going to be uh, difficult for for people.
1: It's been a uh, it's been difficult for you in in the sense of just.
2: You know, it. it, it, Yeah, my wife's always, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" (laughs) Uh, The the day I made the announcement, I I shocked myself. You know, I read the announcement. I got I got to the line where I said, "I'm going to retire as your pastor," and that sentence just wouldn't come out of my (laughs) wouldn't come out of my mouth. But but since then, no, I'm I'm doing just fine. It's it's painful, but we're moving forward. Sure, we're moving forward. Sure. Tim Lazan wants
1: to know, uh, which biblical character do you most identify with?
2: You know, I've always wanted to be like Joseph. Uh, Old you know, Testament Joseph. Old Testament, jo- yeah, right. Old Testament jo- Joseph. I mean, just, New Testament Joseph was, was yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: can't, can't go wrong being the dad of Jesus, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah.
2: Yeah, but Joseph was just, uh, you, know, you know, you just find no fault in him. He was he was strong. He had strong character. Mm-hmm. He was ethical. Potiphar's wife kind of came on to him, and he mm-hmm. had, you know, this is the king's wife That's right. coming on to yeah. you. And, you know, no, and he went ahead and suffered the consequences of that, the harsh consequences of that. Uh, went on to become such a powerful man. Mm-hmm. His brothers didn't even recognize him, you know, mm-hmm. when they came in. Uh, you know, anybody, it seems to me, would want to be like, like Joseph. sure. His, the sermon he preached with his life is a powerful, powerful sermon. Mm. Love, Joseph. Yeah.
1: Love Joseph. Okay. Uh, a few more questions. You're doing <laughs> great. You, we haven't worn you down. So, um, You've been in Pflugerville uh, 30 years. Um, you've seen a lot of changes. How How has Pflugerville changed? What are some of the, the most significant changes that you've wow. seen in 30 years?
2: Um, 30 years ago, it was, um, it was still – a quaint little village mm-hmm. in the Fug- Pflugerville School District, which is wide, mm-hmm. there were four thousand people. Four thousand people. Four thousand people. Wow. Uh, Old Town was the you know we call Old Town right here where the facility is was still pretty much uh, Old Town, and you know new housing developments were being built outside of Old Town, but uh, it was still a quaint little town. 30 years ago, but not for long. Uh, by the time 10 years had passed, Pflugerville had become one of the fastest growing uh, cities in the in the United States. Uh, the school system was very good, and people were moving here to get their kids in this, this school system. So uh, 20 years ago, it was a time of, of mega growth.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, 10 years ago, by 10 years ago, it had become Little Austin. Mm-hmm uh McGinty mentioned that a moment ago, and is still Little Austin. Of course, mm-hmm. we're the first bedroom community uh, north of Austin, but as Austin goes, so Pflugerville goes, sure. and and Austin's so liberal, so now Pflugerville, I'm afraid, is uh, is going that same way.
1: Mm.
2: So this next question kind of
1: goes along with that, but some of the greatest challenges you faced in all the rapid growth. So these last – as a church, what what – well, personally and as a church, what are some of the most significant challenges that you've encountered in those 30 years of rapid growth?
2: We, we are ministering uh, as ministers and as a church during a, an extremely rare time. I'm going to talk about the pandemic. Right. But this is an extremely rare time in history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in in pastors' conferences and seminars, uh, there's talk, a lot of talk about uh, Christianity declining. Mm-hmm. So uh, about, oh, I don't know how, how many years ago it was, but certainly within these 30 years, maybe 10 years ago, 12, 15 years ago, um, churches just kind of stopped growing. There are still some that grow, but for the most part, churches have just hit a wall and have stopped growing and are struggling not to decline. And that's hard to accept. That's hard to face. Mm -hmm. Um, Our church went through rapid growth Mm -hmm. in the 90s and then kind of slowly met that wall. About the time we moved into our new facility, we were hitting that wall. Uh, So not just Baptist churches, but every denomination, every denomination has hit that wall and it's just Stop growing, and that's that has impacted the way we do everything. Mm. Everything is different. We have a steeple on top of our uh, new worship center. It's a beautiful new worship center, but that'll probably be the last building, church building, built in Central Texas or maybe Texas, with a steeple on it. Mm. That's just a part of the old paradigm, and we're just not we're just not there anymore. So, uh, all of us, not just me, a senior pastor, but those of you who are on staff, we're all having to learn how to do church. In a culture that's there's an ever-widening gap between the Christian worldview and the uh, humanistic worldview, Mm -hmm. and the Christian worldview is not growing the way it was once was. Baptisms are on the decline, giving is on the decline, attendance is on the decline. You know, we watch the Southern Baptist uh, figures being published out of Nashville, and it uh, it's painful Mm -hmm. to watch. And and we're ministering in the midst of all that. It's difficult. It is difficult. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the pandemic earlier. Let's talk about
1: 2020. <laughs> so what has a crazy year, crazy time to be a pastor, crazy time to be a church, what has 2020 taught you about yourself? What's it taught you about God? What's it taught you about the church?
2: Well, about myself, I've, I've, I've learned a lot. I already knew it, but it's really been driven home, how how small I am. Hmm. And how um, weak I am. Uh, all this has happened, you know. No matter, no matter how often we say it, I don't know if we really believe it in our heart. But we're not in control of much.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm, I'm not accustomed to that. I'm, I'm more accustomed to being a little bit in control of <laughs> things. Right. But to find out in 2020, you know um steve you're you're not in control mm-hmm. of anything um you know this pandemic has just flipped the world up upside down mm-hmm. you know you watch television and you see news clips from russia and from germany and from africa and from asia and everybody's got on mask everybody, everybody everywhere is going through the same thing we're going through here mm-hmm. uh you remember we were when we first went through the lockdown i was doing um, Video recordings from my backyard, mm-hmm. and I told Linda, "Never have we in our lifetime, or are we in the history of this nation, gone through anything like this." Mm-hmm. That I am speaking to the people of our congregation through video done in my backyard. Mm-hmm. This is just—it's just amazing. So, so to find out how small I—and of course, the other thing in twenty twenty, uh, I went through my second heart surgery. True, and uh, so you know, laying there in the hospital bed. I'm reminded, boy, you're nothing. Mm. You have no control. You have no control. You're not. You're not even control of your next heartbeat. You're in control of nothing. Mm. So, so to learn how small I am, then to learn how big God is. Mm. God's just huge. He's in control of everything. And if, and if nothing else, the pandemic has reminded us, man, God's allowed this. And, and one of the reasons He's He may have allowed it is just to say, I'm in control, world. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in control. Thing, not you guys. I'm in control. Yeah. And uh, and for those of us who are Christ followers, it's just to step back and kind of just salute Him and say, "Okay, God, yeah, you're, you're the one. You're the one in control. You're huge." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what I've I learned about our church is I've been so impressed and so moved by how resilient Christ's church is. Mm-hmm. This has been a real kick in the gut. Yeah. To all, yes. not just our church, but yeah. to all churches. For sure. A real kick to mm-hmm. to have to do church. Uh, live streaming mm-hmm. uh, for for everybody. All churches were doing church live stream, and you know, weren't we all thinking, "Are we going to survive this? Mm-hmm. Are we? Is anybody ever going to come back? Are we ever going to get through this pandemic? Is anybody ever going to come back?" Uh, and having conversation with uh, with pastors, and everybody's wondering the same thing: How are we going to get over this? How mm-hmm. how are we going to move through this? Just one day at a time, one week at a time, one Sunday at a time. And now, you know, we we come in on Sunday morning, and we've got. Uh, Maybe two thirds of our congregation is is back mm-hmm. worshiping in our pews. You guys are all doing, uh, you know, your your, your classes online, mm-hmm. and it's just been amazing to watch Christ's Church come back. What a resilient organism the church is!
1: God probably knew that, huh? Yeah,
2: yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, a lesson we need to. The gates of hell will not prevail not against prevail it. against it. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Well. We are almost out of time, but uh, one last question for you, real quick. Okay, what do you most look forward to about retirement?
2: Well, you know we've already talked about this, but being with Linda, I, yeah. I've, I've given I've given my life uh, as all of you have to the church, yeah. and I don't regret. I, I thank God for all of that. But it's she deserves it now. Sure, she deserves some undivided attention. Just just Linda and me. Just absolutely. Linda and me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Pastor. Um, it has been an honor and privilege to get to work with you. And uh, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot more to say. We'll say it uh, a little bit later. But uh, as far as this podcast goes, I know that this is uh, our opportunity as a church to get to hear from you and, and to hear your heart on some deeper issues. And uh, thank you. Thank you for being with us. And uh, thank you for spending this time with us. Um, would you do the honor of praying us out?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord, we've sat here uh, for uh, a brief amount of time, it's flown by for this hour, and uh, have spent some, some quality time uh, just thinking about you and just uh, pointing to you and putting the spotlight on you. Everything we do, both here on staff and those who are watching this, this podcast, everything we do, we do for you. It is, it's our joy, it's our delight, it's our privilege uh, to make you famous. And uh, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for the way uh, Matt and Daniel are able to—they look professional in the way they present this. And uh, this is going to give continuity to all of the weeks and months that that follow. So we uh, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for reaching out to us while we were in the midst of our own rebellion against you. And even though we were all rebelling against you in our sin, you loved us. You drug us to you, kicking and screaming the whole way. Uh, cleansing us, washing us white as snow, moving into us with your Holy Spirit, giving us salvation, and allowing us to live this most victorious of all lives. We pray these things in your great name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. And thank you all for listening. And uh, be sure to like us. Do you like us? Yes. (laughs) Be sure to like us. You can find us out there on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places. If you have any questions, any comments for our next episode, you can email them to us at dmcginty at or me at matt at Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.